Hello, welcome to the Youth Work Plus podcast. This is episode 12. Um, we're talking about dealing with uncertainty in youth work today. Um, the Youth Work Plus podcast, if you don't know, is for youth and kids leaders. Ollie and I both been doing youth and kids ministry for a while now. And so it's basically us having a conversation, sharing some of our wisdom, things we've learned along the way. And hopefully some of it will be useful for some of you guys who are involved in youth and kids ministry, either as volunteers or as paid staff. So yeah, today we're talking about dealing with uncertainty. So I guess the best thing to do is to talk about what some of those uncertainties might be. Yeah, some of the stuff we've faced has made us uncertain, which yeah. I guess won't relate to everyone, but I'm sure there'll be things in there that you go, oh yeah, I can relate to that. I think uh, a classic one is most of the time church youth and children's roles aren't always that safe so you know and even if it's safe it's like a two-year contract or with a six month probation and 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 the you know and there's the always hanging over you that you might not have your role in you know it might only last a year and they they do sometimes they they run out I mean I've been doing mine for quite a long time for like 15 years and they, the job has still existed but anytime money was tight or anytime you know the the rhetoric's always around it not lasting very long I don't know if you found that as well Becky with your had roles where yeah well I think as well like part of it is people get itchy feet after a while as well so sometimes the uncertainty isn't necessarily is your job still there it's part of it's do you still want want to be there <laughs> like 18 months is like the average I think isn't it that someone stays in the youth of kids ministry role yeah um, I think it's gone up slightly recently but yeah yeah it's not long so I guess another big one is especially coming off the back of the pandemic is church finances taking a dip um which might affect whether the church even thinks they can do children's or youth work you know if they've got to let staff go or yeah they're linked budgets back yeah and often the youth and children's is the first thing to go like our church where I work had a real financial dip um uh, quite a few years ago now and the first thing the 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 first thing to cut their big expenditure was my job that was you know they had a vicar that all goes to parish share because it's Church of England. But an yeah. admin person who was only part time and you know was needed, yeah. And everyone said, "Well, you know, we don't want to get rid of youth work, but that's the first thing to go." Um, and that I think that's a lot of the time. You're always going to get rid of your youth worker before you sell a building or get rid of, you know, a yeah. vicar or a, yeah, which makes it scary. It can make it scary. Yeah. I guess of some of us, we haven't had a lot of money ever. <laughs> so <laughs> church finance is taking a dip. doesn't make a lot of difference because we don't really have a budget anyway for youth and kids ministry. Um, so for those for those who have got a lot less money now to spend on Nerf guns and <laughs> youth socials and tuck shops, um, I guess could learn from some of the rest of us who haven't had money this whole time. Um, <laughs> yeah and money's relative I remember reading yeah. a book called youth ministry on a shoestring and they were talking about how to you know really run youth ministry when you've got no youth work budget 
I was like, oh, cool. And I read the book and I was like, mate, you've got loads of budget. He, you know, he's talking about like, oh, well, maybe instead of hiring out a whole ice rink, you could just go to the ice rink and pay like a normal person. I'm like, yeah, duh. That, <laughs> like, that's what everyone does. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think money, there's never been much money in youth and children's work. Maybe some youth work charities have got a bit more money than, um, yeah. yeah, but it's not, it's never been a biggie. No, so and that, like there are, the money. yeah, I was going to say there are things you can do as well to try and raise finances from elsewhere. Like there might be some little grants or things you could apply for to help cover some of the youth or kids stuff. You could also, with things like socials and things, ask parents to contribute and, you know, have a set fee, whether that's £3 or £5 or whatever to go towards the cost. Um, and then if people can't afford to, you know, you cover just those people rather than covering the cost of everybody. Um, also, like we've done in previous, I did in previous church, asked other members of the congregation to sort of subsidise the cost for um, families who perhaps have more than one young person in the youth or kids ministry. Mm. And um, they sort of sponsored kids and youth work, which worked quite well. Um so there are there are kind of creative things you can do when money isn't there. Like it doesn't mean that you just don't spend any. Sometimes there are other creative ways to get it so that yeah. you can still spend some, yeah. And it's not always only when you're in a like um not a very affluent area, because often when you're in an affluent area, people's standards are super high about what they want. Yeah. And then the church budget is low or people's expectations of, of the money you put towards church is really low. So I don't think we should feel bad about charging for things as long as we've got the capacity. So we actually sometimes charge a bit more for our stuff so that we can only like 50p per person more than it would just break even on. Mm. We don't, haven't done it so much recently, but that's what we used to do because lots of our families, it's okay for them to pay £5.50 to come to a, a social with pizza. And then for the ones who can't, we just pay it for them without making a big deal out of it. Um, yeah. And like having kids is expensive. Yeah. So all the subscriptions and stuff, you know, like even like non-uniforms and stuff, parents are used, we're used to paying for for stuff for our kids. And, and churches generally tend to be quite cheap. Our weekend away costs £90 for a fully catered three days away. Mm. That's cheap. That's like half the price of a school of a school trip yeah um so i think sometimes we yeah our expectations can be wrong and think you know we have to there the capacity to charge people i think it's okay we that's something i learned i had to learn earlier on that all right yeah it's fine we charge people enough to cover our costs for stuff like pizza nights or film nights or going on trips we cover the transport we cover it all and then when people can't we're in a better financial position to pay for them and not have to make it a huge big deal or like means test them if they're asking for for help. Yeah. Yeah. I think one of the other uncertainties is, especially at the minute, like how the fears of how to keep young people or children engaged in what we're doing. And part of that LinkedIn is what do the people even want now, like off the back of the pandemic and, you know, maybe a break in, in services and youth and kids activities you know, do people want stuff to be exactly like it was before? Or do people want something different? Do they need something different? 
Um, or would they prefer something different? <laughs> There's a lot of uncertainty, yeah. I think, around that. It can be really hard. And I think you uni- maybe unique to church roles. Maybe that's just because that's all I've ever done. Um, you get so many voices. So even if you ask for opinions, you'll get like the opposite opinion on in from but equally strongly expressed and knowing who to listen to can be a real can be really tricky in church ministry because I've ge- I've genuinely had people say oh it'd be really really great if you were to do this this and this and I hear other youth workers where they get parents saying you know oh you should do this this and this and it makes you feel like you're failing um one of my favorites was uh, a young person complained that people don't listen to each other well in our groups and uh they were like it'd be really good to do a session on how to listen and I was like do you mean like the session we did three weeks ago that you clearly weren't listening at um and I think we get like like we get so many voices in ministries in general you get so many voices people sharing good ideas but it can be really hard to know what people actually want and what and what we're listening to and for me personally, the trick has been to kind of, I'm not naturally very thick skinned, but to develop a thick skin and and listen, try and listen out for the voice of God in that, because it can be really surprising. That's that's the only way I've known to survive, because just so many, so many voices, so much uncertainty about what direction to take things in. Actually, I think at some point we've been put in a position where we have to make those decisions and they might be the wrong decision, but we need to have peace with it. Having brought it before God, I think that's the only way. I don't know if that's the same for you. Yeah. And I think sometimes like we don't, some of the decisions we make, they don't have to be forever decisions. Like we can try something for a half term and see how it goes or, you know, see how things are received. And if it's not received very well, then, try something different I think sometimes we can be stuck in you know thinking we have to do something a certain way but actually sometimes the best thing to do is just try out something different if we're not sure if it's going to work or not yeah and not be afraid to fail quickly I think it's okay try that oh that didn't work at all assess the get an actual realistic assessment of why and then move on and not be afraid of dropping it yeah and I think as well, like it's being aware, isn't it, that what works for some people won't work for everybody. And like it, it's quite hard to find something that does work for everyone. So yeah. there'll always be, you know, sometimes you do have to keep chopping and changing things so that you can meet everybody's needs kind of thing rather than keeping everything the same all the time. I guess another one is like trying to rebuild after the pandemic, obviously mm. lots of kids and youth activities either were on pause or had to be scaled back and I think some of them that were hit the hardest were things like schools work and community outreach where you know they've been the slowest to rebuild because it's like making new connections again with those schools or with people in the community who perhaps you didn't have that strong of a relationship with before um so all of that is sort of an uncertainty to you know if we open the doors again Will the people come? <laughs> if if we can, you know, can we even get back into the school? You know, all those uncertain uncertainties um, to know whether, you know, what you were doing before 
is going to work again or you know maybe even some of those things need to go back to the drawing board and think you know go back to the school and say actually what is it that you need now and is it the same as before or are there different things that we can do to support you and same with the community you know are the drop-ins or the clubs or the activities you were running before things that are still going to work in the context that we're now in because you know we've had two years of break or things being different and actually that gives us the opportunity to go back and ask you know well what are what is the need we're trying to meet and is what we were doing before actually meeting the need or not <laughs> or yeah. are there new more important needs that people have that actually we could meet in a different way yeah and in that way some uncertainty is quite good because yeah. otherwise you get stuck in a pattern it works like don't change it if it's not broke don't fix it and actually a little bit of uncertainty in some senses is to be embraced because it keeps us sharp, helps us to think, well, just because it's working, is it is it right? That's okay. Um, but linked to that, I think an inability to plan has created a lot of uncertainty recently, which didn't exist, you know, in an already uncertain field of youth and children's ministry, that the pandemic has properly messed things up in terms of knowing how to plan partly because people have got used to not committing that's one thing that we've yeah. experienced so oh, do you want to come to this and people are like because we've got used to all <laughs> our plans getting like smashed down and we don't know where we're going to be in the next like two or three months I think maybe we're seeing a bit of light at the end of the tunnel of that in that partly because the government have been like oh sack it covid's not a thing anymore because it was causing them trouble but you know some of that so there's maybe less likely that all the changes have maybe happened but yeah I've definitely found that just you can't plan for anything because will it really happen and if it does really happen can you let people know in enough time that it's happening um we have to cancel it all of us have experienced having to cancel things over the last two years that we thought would be easy or even running things i mean we we ran our weekend away recently and i mean without fail we'd get we'd max the place out that we went to and and we'd have to you know be we'd be stretched in terms of numbers and stuff and i thought okay well we'll do it again um and you know we'll, we'll probably have fewer people but that'll be okay um, and we got about 20 people coming which isn't very high for that kind of weekend away normally but like, oh I wasn't I was probably expecting a few more than that and certainly a few more new people but then we did our Christmas social and again I was like well, what do we do it is it gonna work and there were loads at that for seem like everyone came out of the woodwork and I was like I can't predict this I got no idea what stuff you know stuff that we've been doing year in year out that I'm is pretty predictable as yeah but just so hard to plan um I hope we're coming out the other end I don't know if if I'm just being an optimist, Becky, what do you think? No, I think we are coming out the other end a little bit. I think there's still a lot of uncertainty, though, even you know, with running things that we ran before, like to know, yeah, whether anyone's going to come. Um, I think people have sort of got out of that, because things, especially at my church, like things are not necessarily running as clockwork like they did before I'd say like we're a bit more sporadic in terms of how we do things now which I think in some ways is good and in some ways is a, is a more of a challenge but it means that yeah sometimes we don't know you know we'll run a youth social 
and we don't know whether we're going to have everybody or two people. <laughs> yeah. So you're kind of like, is is the day? Is it because of the day? Is it because you know just people are less consistent? Is it because what we've picked, you know, doesn't float people's boat anymore? Or <laughs> you know, like there's all these all this uncertainty even underlying under the fact that you know are people people are not just coming because they're busy um but you know are there other reasons within there <laughs> yeah so that that just adds to the uncertainty i think yeah i think and finally one of the things that causes uncertainty and again highlighted from the pandemic maybe because it's been an enforced break it's the idea of like am I still supposed to be doing it do I even care like I used to um what's the you know and I'm sure there are plenty of people feeling like that right right now I I don't I don't feel that I've had moments where I have um but that's a I think that can be a big one do you know putting all this effort in is it what I want to be doing is it is it right is is this what God's wanting me to do um yeah yeah and I think part of that ties into the like the inability to plan ahead because like we pre-covid we had all these plans of where we wanted things to be you know in a year's time we hope to have this amount of young people and you know we hope to have taken them all to this stage in their faith and I think all of those kind of goals and vision setting stuff has just been so challenging (laughs) over the last two years that I guess all of us to some extent have felt that we've lost all or some of our passion for the ministry that we do because we've kind of been like where is this even going you know is this working (laughs) this is so much hard harder work than perhaps it was before to meet the same kind of goals and the same uh you know meet the needs of people than it was before um, which just adds into that whole challenge of uncertainty, I think. And I think in that place, it's easy to talk about when you're not in that place, but like, I think a really important thing there is to like strip back all the nonsense and all the rubbish and be like, do I still care about this vision? So whatever your vision is, was getting in to youth work, is this still the priority that I want to spend this much time doing and like you can feel a bit guilty maybe because if the vision is I want to see young people living their fullest life and encountering Jesus now if I no longer care about that more than I care about another good thing you know it can sound a bit you ask that question and it's a bit like do I care about young people coming to know Jesus nah not really I mean but like I think to spend so much time doing it and not just as part of something else that you do or just as part of being a good human Christian then, but just have that time in prayer just and stripping back all the nonsense. So yeah, no one likes not being able to plan. No one likes pouring their heart and soul into something to have everyone not even bother. No one likes being underappreciated, you know, but that's all the rubbish. If you strip that away, do you still believe in, the ministry that you work for and do you still believe the vision and the heart that comes from that ministry and if the answer is yes great and if the answer is no then it's time to start asking more serious questions I think yeah and, and I not think, being afraid to step away yeah and I think the question always needs to be like do, do I still feel that God's called me to this ministry 
And I think if the answer to that question is is a mm, I'm not sure or a no, <laughs> then you know that that's going to require a bit more um, to get into. Um, but if the answer is yes, like he has still called me to be here, then like all of those uncertainties are things that can be overcome. Yeah. So I think it's, you know, the uncertainties are hard and they make the work even harder than it has been. But I think there is, yeah, there is light at the end of the tunnel and there is a silver lining there. Um, and each of those challenges that we've mentioned, you know, we can tackle them each one problem at a time, one step at a time. Like, even if you've got, you know, you, you were listening to those thinking, yep, tick, yep, tick, yep, tick, That's those are all affecting me. Or even if you were the opposite and thought, actually, no, just, just one of those for me, or maybe even none of them in your ministry. If that's the case, you know, we want to get you on the podcast to share how, you're, <laughs> how you've managed to not, not um, encounter any of those. I don't um, think we do want you on the podcast. I don't want to listen to someone. <laughs> You just keep your perfect ministry in church yeah. and keep quiet about it. Show the rest um, of us where we've got where we've gone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think all of them can be challenged, can be tackled. You know, one problem, one step at a time. And sometimes we need to break it down like that so that it it does become more manageable. Especially if you're thinking, oh, you know, a lot of those challenges are things we're facing in our ministry. And I think, you know, the, there's the importance, isn't there, of praying about it, of trusting God actually to, to act in the midst of it. You know, they're not problems that we individually as people have to solve. They're problems that God wants to work with us to solve. Um, and I think part of it as well is, you know, not being afraid to strip it back, strip back the ministry to, you know, the main focus of just being together, you know, off the back of the pandemic where, you know, everybody's had a challenge in a couple of years. One of the things that we've found the hardest as people is, you know, that isolated feeling or, you know, feeling like we haven't felt part of community. And actually a lot of the rebuild is to rebuild the community. So to go back to the grassroots of, you know, what does it look like to hang out and to get to know each other again and to feel that we're a part of this thing and that everybody's valued and that everybody has a part to play and sometimes that makes it simpler to rebuild because you're stripping back everything else that you had before in the, in the ministry and just focusing on that basic need of people to connect with each other people to hang out together um and then add other things as as you go in there really um yeah and i think to to try and keep a positive spin if you can on things is really helpful as in like I think it's right to name what's causing the uncertainty and what's and not kind of beat around the bush about it but to just be blunt and honest and then there might be that there's nothing you can do about it but even just the act of naming it and identifying it I think can help to not feel overwhelmed but then also having the sense of like okay we're not going to do this because we're going to focus on our community so it's not like oh that's not working so I just won't bother doing that anymore it's actually like this is what we're going to we're not going to do those things because it's not meeting a need but actually this is what we this is what we want to do or you know positively yeah this despite the fact that numbers are lower despite the fact that 
who've got no money for it, despite the fact that it's really hard to plan. This is still really important. And so we're going to slog on and keep going. Um, but not because it's what we've always done and we're scared, but just because this is still the right thing to do. Um, for, you know, and, and being able to identify those reasons and take that step back if you're feeling overwhelmed and uncertain, take a step back and hold everything lightly so that things can be named, identified. And then like Becky's talking about doing it one at a time, I find maybe that's just have low, low capacity human, but I can only really deal with things once at a time. Yeah, I think as well, it's, it's about letting God lead us and guide us in the midst of it. Like sometimes you know, we put a lot of pressure on ourselves to come up with the answers or, you know, as the leader of the ministry to fix the problems ourselves when actually I think sometimes God has a different idea up his sleeve than perhaps we've thought of. And so that's why the prayer thing is really important and the being together as a team and, and things is important. Um, and it, if, if the thing is actually you've got no team off the back of the pandemic, then, you know, maybe that's one of the first problems that you tackle, you know rebuilding a bit of a team or getting people alongside you who are going to be able to help support you in that um but I think the the real good thing off the back of it and the thing to focus on really is that we believe in a in a God who his very heart is all about redemption and rebuilding and restoration and so in the midst of you know the uncertainties and the challenges and having to rebuild stuff again and you know fix issues and problems you know that we believe in a God who that is who he is and yeah. that is what he does um so it's not it's not like oh no suddenly we've got these problems and issues and what are we going to do you know God's been the same God the whole way through and you know can is the kind of God who can make beauty out of ashes so even if we feel like our youth ministry you know it's it's pretty much starting from scratch from now again um you know, God, God, it, it wants to be in the midst of that and to help us in the midst of that. Yeah. And it might not look how we think it's going to look. I and mean, we're just coming up to Easter. And from one perspective, if you look at the Easter story, if you're the disciples, you think, what a mess. Like, this is not what I signed up for. This is not what I wanted. And but actually, obviously, reading the the biblical accounts and stuff we can be like wow look what god's doing that's so amazing and it's it is it's beautiful and incredible and and the season we're in now of easter hopefully can serve as a good reminder of like it might not look how we think it's going to look but we can be confident the thing that is certain that we can be sure of is that god is good and that god is at work even if things don't look how we think they're going to look and a massive example of that is the easter story you know, imagine being the poor disciples of like, oh, flipping it. One of us has betrayed our Messiah. He's just about to die. We're on the wrong side of this, the wrong side of this thing. And then Jesus is dead and they're all moping about. You know, it's not, didn't look good on the surface, but actually God yeah. was good and he was doing something amazing. Um, yeah. And, and that is a certainty that we can hold on to, even if all the rest seems a mess and we can't get a handle on anything. I guess that's one of the advantages of being a Christian is you can hold on to that. And, and that, for me, gives me confidence more than anything else in uncertainty. Yeah, 
I think I think that's a really important thing to remember, isn't it? That actually, you know, even when all seems lost and it seems like nothing, you know, the ministry is dead and there's nothing that can revive it. You know, we believe in a God who brings life from death, <laughs> which is is a powerful a powerful testament, really. Um, that however our ministry looks, you know, God wants to work with us to, to rebuild and restore and to transform people again. Um, and whether that looks the same or different than before, you know, God wants to work with us in the midst of that, which is an amazing thing to be part of, really. Yeah, good note, good note to end on. Yeah. Um, don't forget to like, share, subscribe. Hope it's been helpful for you. We really appreciate hearing other people's stories and people getting in touch. So do. And if you are feeling uncertain and you want some people outside of your context to externally process with and unpack some of that, we'd love to chat with you. So get in touch with um, our contact details are on the website. Youthwork Plus. Google us. Yeah, youthworkplus.com. We're always here for coffee or uh, video calls. Um, yeah, thanks for listening today. And we'll catch you next time. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye.